are right, my beautiful people, let's get back to actually talking about Genesis 2.25, which was, which says, And the Lord God took the man he had formed and placed him in the garden of delight to cultivate and to keep. And so now what St. John wants us to do is actually listen to the explanation that we had just uh, heard. And think of this not in forms of indifference, again, when we talk about scriptures, but to look at scripture as a code that descended from heaven for our salvation. And this, I think, is very, very important. Again, at the beginning of this episode, we talked about immersing ourselves within uh, the reading, but having it also as a code that came down from heaven. This is the how to get to our salvation. And he gives this really, really cool example. And he says, okay, when there's a king that's coming or a prince that wishes to say something, there's this uh, imperial rescript, there's absolute silence. Obviously, we don't live in the same uh, times. And so the example, we don't see this example, but the people he spoke to did see this example, right? So a prince want to announce something, all noise subsides, right? Hear ye, hear ye, right? We begin this announcement and we just assume that everyone goes completely silent because they want to hear what the prince or the king has to say. And in the person that speaks, he obviously puts himself in a lot of danger of people like trying to shush him, people trying to say, hey, we need to hear what the, uh, what, uh, the prince wants to say or the king wants to say. In this, in reverence to a man speaking, this is in reverence to a person proclaiming what they wanted to proclaim, or a woman, <laughs> all right? A man or a woman speaking, a person. How much more reverence should we have when it is the king of heaven who is speaking? And... I, I suppose we can say, like, if we want a, um, an example, we continue or expand on St. John's example. When you have um, someone speaking on the behalf or reading the doctrines of uh, the prince, it is not the prince who's speaking, right, but his words that are being read. And so here in this case, St. John actually says, the writer, the sacred writer, who spoke much less of himself than by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. This is through the Holy Spirit. This, he's speaking the words of God. And the Lord God, he said, took the man whom he had, who he had formed. He joined together from the beginning of the sentence the words Lord and God. So this is the first thing that he looks at. The first thing, it says that he was inspired, right, by the Holy Ghost, and that's what we, um, he's speaking on behalf of God, I, if we want to use this terminology. And he says, okay, look at the words that he used. Lord God, in the beginning of the sentence, that's what he, um, that's what he began with in Genesis uh, 2.25, and to indicate to us, the reason why he did that is to indicate to us that there is here a secret and a mystery. And that these two terms signify one and the same thing. It's not that there is a Lord and there is a God. They are one, the Lord God. 
right? Why do we say this, or why does Saint John want us to clearly look at these two words together? Well, because the apostle later、uh, says there is but one God, the Father from whom all things proceed, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom all things have been done. So. This is for, and this is First Corinthians eight six, and so Saint John goes on to say, "You did not think that there exists any difference between these terms, and that they mark one a special character or a character of superiority, and the other a character of inferiority." So here, the Genesis says, "Lord God," and then the Apostle tells us there's one God and one Lord, and they are one and the same. And、we see that from the beginning, from Genesis, it's not that、uh, Jesus is inferior and God is superior. They're one、uh, together and one and the same. The Lord God. So one Lord Jesus, but one God is the same thing, right? So once he establishes this particular idea, he then goes on to continue the text. And he says that God placed man in the garden of delights, and he should cultivate it and keep it. And he looks at divine providence or the amazingness、uh, uh, of God in regards to man.、He、says, "Okay, look, God,、um, he planted this garden of delight, and he put man in the middle of it so that he." Would stay there, and he would enjoy all these things. And how amazing is God with His infallible goodness、uh, that Moses comes back and he tells us, "The Lord God took the man from whom he, whom he formed and placed him in a garden of delight, and observed that he does not only say or that God placed him in a garden, but in a garden of delight." To make sure that we know that this is an amazing place, it's not just like a garden. It is filled with with delight, and and so by placing him there, God said, "Okay, well, he needs to cultivate it and to keep it, to make sure it grows, to make sure it's prosperous." And this again has to do with the amazingment or the amazingness. Saying amazingment,、uh, which is not a word, by the way, but amazingness of God and His divine providence, because we know from other parts of the sacred scripture that idleness teaches all vices, and so by God, and again His infinite mercy, commanding man to cultivate this garden and to keep it, it's not because. The land required to be cultivated, or that God needed this land to be cultivated, but that God wanted、um, to give man a gentle and moderate occupation, as Saint Augustine places it. So the point is that he's not completely idle, because if he was, if he sat there and didn't do anything, then he would become lazy and negligent. I mean. We talk about in in the media. We talk about spoiled brats, right?、Um, which are people who basically live off of their parents' wealth. They don't do much. They're not contributing to society, and we see that as an example. This is what happened to to people 
that are lazy and don't do anything because they have so much abundance. So by giving, by God giving man、uh, a mild and easy occupation, it kept man humble uh, and uh, it gave him this dependence on God and put more of a motive for him to continue and not forget that God is his master. And this is. And and here's the thing: like God didn't give man this land because he wanted someone again to cultivate it. Like you get this land if you do this. But God, out of His infinite mercy, gave、uh, this enjoyment of the Garden of Delight、uh, to man, so that he would and asked him to cultivate it, so that he could become useful. And、uh, Saint John. Makes a point to say that this is what these words of Jesus Christ teach us. Come, the blessed of my Father, possess the kingdom prepared for you before the creation of the world. And this is in Matthew twenty-five thirty-four.、Uh, because God is infinite mercy, and it's not a condition. If we do this, then we merit the the Garden of Delight. It's we get to, to cultivate it because. It is beneficial for our souls. So now let's take a small music break once again. Let's hear some amazing songs that we got set up for you at the studio, and、uh, then we're gonna come back and we're gonna continue our journey through、uh, Genesis two twenty five with Saint John. We'll be back. 